So, um, how would you describe yourself as an artist to someone who hasn't heard of you at all, pretty much? Um, I think that I would say I'm a performance artist that takes the structure of pop music but fills in the gaps with really like unexpected sounds and unexpected performances, unexpected vocal takes, but, but within a pop structure so that it's kind of easily digested and easily enjoyed. Okay, so you would say that you're like pop mostly because I've read that people call you like a musical chameleon or like you genre hop a lot. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think easily when I like, am I, if I'm in an airport and someone's like, oh, you, you're a musician, what kind of music do you do? I'll be like, oh, it's Kanye West meets MIA. Like that's the most basic thing to say, but like on a larger scale, yeah, I think it's pop, dance, electronic. There's like folk elements, there's country elements. So it kind of expands pretty wide genres for me. So the first track of yours that caught my ear was Brown Boy off of Young Archetype. A lot about it really stood out to me. The beat obviously first um, and then your range as far as like you sing a lot and then you rap as well. Um, and then the message that is kind of somewhat serious but like delivered playfully, right? How representative is this of your work as a whole would you say? I think Brown Boy is actually a really good example of like where I started as a producer and also as a writer. I think that the the really abrasive sounds was something that has always appealed to me. And so all the drums and Brown Boy and the samples to me are, can be very loud and abrasive, but I think they come together and make a really playful and like different emotional dimensions like in the song. So that's like a really good snapshot of kind of where my brain is at as a as a producer i think new new stuff is going to sound a little different but brown boy is like a really good track to start if someone's never heard me before i feel like that's a really good place to start all right um, i'm sorry to jump in but i did want to ask if you're if you're saying that's like a good jumping point but your music is changing where do you think it's headed now i suppose as opposed to how brown boy may sound you know i think that like any artist or any any work that you do the more you do it the better you become at it and the more tools you use and maybe the more nuanced you become because you you're challenging yourself like whatever the field so i think that my production is different and like better in some ways um some it's a, a little bit softer now and uh, I'm do, i do a lot more singing um so i think that it's danceable but it might not have as many jagged edges as the brown boy does, but we still kind of include it in parts of the production and newer stuff. So even if it's a really smooth, pretty song, like there will be a moment where something really jarring happens because that's yeah. just, I'm the kind of person that can't listen to an, like an album all the way through. Like I'll skip around. I'm, I'm just, that's how my brain works. So yeah. So yeah. Like the, I guess the songs to also, yeah, also I don't want you to get bored. I don't want you to get bored listening to it. And I, and I think that um, music sounds so much the same. Like every song sounds so similar now. Like, We've been touring with Sleigh Bells and we've been in the van and like every song I'm like, oh, this is, is this, is this the same person? Like this is like the fifth song that sounds exactly the same. So I think it's important to like, as an artist, maybe push yourself and push listeners to think about, oh, this is a new way. Oh, this is a new like way to like have a pop song, you know, and but it's still fun for me or I'm still enjoying it. It's still an emotional thing for me. So hopefully we can give people like a little diversity in, in what they're listening to, too. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, how much does activism play a role in your art? I've read that your day job is at Planned Parenthood um, and you're from Flint, Michigan, both of which have gone through some pretty large crises lately. I think we're all kind of in a, in a time of uh, really intense transformation in this country. Uh, I, I actually left my job at Planned Parenthood and stepped out as a full-time artist, which has been 
a super, super <laughs> interesting and like invigorating and kind of scary moment, um, which I think again, where a lot of us are in when one way or another. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I would call myself an activist as much as just an advocate. So like, I'm the kind of person where if I have a show and I have control of it, I want women on the bill. I want women of color on the bill. Like, I think those are simple things that you can do if you're feeling overwhelmed as a person. Like, how can I make a difference? It's like the immediate sphere around you, you do have some influence. So like, try to exercise that a little bit. Um, I, I do also think that having music that you can like turn up to, but it's not problematic and like, you can organize and, and movement build, but if people don't have a connection that's a little bit deeper, like where you've gone out together, gone to a club, you've like had like some sloppy, messy moments, you know, like you're never going to really um, have like a strong movement, you know? So I think that the party is always as just as, it's always as important um, as a protest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay. We were at the Women's March actually in Los Angeles. Yeah. And they had this big van playing all these like bangers, yeah. but they were all objectifying women. Yeah. And I was just like, who DJed? I don't know. Why wouldn't you get a female DJ and mm. like put the intention there? Mm. Speaking of intention, <laughs> I've read that you have a lot of intention with your work. So how much are you hands on with like each aspect from pretty much like your website to like you, I've read you like design your backup dancers costumes to your videos. How much are you like hands-on and what do you kind of step away from? Um, I think that I'm hands-on with anything that you can see or hear, I would say. And then if it's like, uh, I don't, you know, code <laughs> the website, things like that. Like, I think it's best to like, let someone who's really good at that job do that, do their job. But like, let's say I have jewelry that I design, so I'm really hands-on, but then at the very last stage, I give it to a carpenter who that's his like job and let him make it really great. Um, but in terms of like the clothing, the visuals, I make a lot of the stuff, I have a lot of it made. Um, I think it's fun. It's not necessarily like I wanna control it, it's just like I enjoy <laughs> having, playing with like fabrics and colors and textures, like that's really fun for me. And it's a way to maybe, even if I'm not going to be a fashion designer, I can like bring have some fun with with clothing and stuff on stage, and still like focus on the music, you know. Yeah. So you'd say that's that level of kind of attention and intention is also found in your music, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. I think I think in some ways, like you have a balance. Like you kind of you can plan something, but a lot of times, like Brown Boy or other songs have been written really on the fly, or I've like produced the heck out of it, and I've like had all this production, but the writing doesn't happen until like a day, the day, the night before, or like the day of recording. So I try to leave some room for like inspiration that even I can't source that just comes through. I, I want to leave room for that. So sometimes with visuals or even how designing the album, I just, if I get inspiration, I don't question it and I just kind of go with it as opposed to like map, some of those things you can't map out because it feels a little forced if you do that. So it just depends, yeah. Okay. So this is, I probably should have asked this a while ago. Okay. <laughs> but how do you pronounce your whole name? Sure, um, it's Tunde Olaniran. I tell people, think cartoon, and then a day of the week, Tunde. That's it's really easy. And then Ola Niran is, how my, is my last name. Okay, yeah. that's pretty close to what I've been saying. Yeah, so. yeah, no worries. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll edit it and start the interview with that, like, Tunde Olani oh, Rod. Like, <laughs> like, you're talking, and then my voice just, like, comes in, and it's like, you just keep going. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, because I we always, like, we'll air a lot of new Sorry. people, um, and we're always, like, hoping we're saying it right, but right. we've never met them. We're, like, really don't have oh, any okay. reason to know, so we're worried about that. For the longest time, I had like my name phonetically I, uh, on my Twitter account. I had it like phonetically spelled out because people, so many people would just hit you up and not know how your name was ever pronounced. So yeah. yeah. So, speaking of identity, um, your name is interesting. So I asked you how you pronounce it, but um, would you share with us its meaning? Sure. So I have a much longer full name, and the full name basically is a traditional um, Yoruba name. My father's Yoruba, it's a, a, a culture and dialect in Nigeria. And um, you basically, I was the first boy born after my grandfather passed away. And the full name is the spirit of the father has gone, but will return again to bring back the wealth that was promised to the family. That's like the full, the full name. <laughs> Don't worry, her name is also like 16, <laughs> 16 letters in okay. her. Her last name is like 20-something letters. I'm not worried. It's my it's name that you know is fake, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> or it's been renamed. It's been re... Like, it's my artist's name. Oh, no. Word. No. Um, so maybe... I, this, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but okay. is that why you have s seemingly such a large interest in identity? Because you have sort of a large... Like a big pair of shoes to fill with a name like that? Or why, why is a lot of your albums are titled after identity and things like that? I feel like, I mean, um, I studied anthropology in school and like I, I've always been interested in cultures and, and how, how like, I've been, interested in, I've been interested in what's taboo and what's like not okay and how something so seemingly simple like what bathroom you want to use, you know, can like uh, incite violence against you and um, or, you know, how you wear your hair or so many so many things that seem insignificant you know how you what color of cotton threads you wear <laughs> like that those kind of things can like end your life or uh, or get you kicked out of your family or or put your employment or housing in danger and so i've always just been really fascinated by how society sets up like the rules of what's okay and what's not and how arbitrary they are and i think a lot of that is whether it's your own identity or the identity that's put upon you that's always been interesting and then i've also just been in a lot of scenarios where i felt out of place and so i've always like been very like self-conscious about oh like fitting in you know so um whether it was in that my nigerian side of my family like i don't speak yoruba like it's i'm very, i'm not very like a good nigerian son in that way i don't follow a lot of the traditions or you know moving to flint and being like i'd never been around black people at one point and then like going from living in germany to that like always kind of feeling a little out of place um not horribly so but enough to make you like conscious of it a lot so that probably is what influences it more than anything else okay so you have an album titled young archetype and then transgressor yeah do these titles identify you or your music or neither because i feel like um is young archetype like a tease because i feel like you're like pretty much anything but an archetype <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like um, it was like a play on words of Carl Jung, and it was also like a joke. Because in a way, um, it was going to be <laughs> a totally different, ridiculous name. I wasn't going to actually release that EP as an EP. It was going to be a mixtape, but I ended up signing with the label. So in a way, I wanted to like talk about different archetypes in society with through some of the music. But 
like again I, I didn't want it to be too like I just went with what came to my mind so I'm like all right why is this why is this name speaking to me I'm gonna just go with it and sometimes it like reveals itself to you later of like why it came to you so that name really just like came to my mind when I had to put, create a name for that EP so that's kind of I like left it at that with transgressor that was more about what we, what I'd mentioned earlier of identity politics and like how something so simple can be seen as like a huge transgression and um so a lot of the the, the songs are about like those kind of moments or being in those kind of spaces does that make sense yeah okay totally can you tell us anything about the album you're working on or is that like pretty hush hush that's not hush hush i i just uh, been like making a lot of music and trying to not put any pressure on what it's going to be and like ha- have had like th- three or four rounds of like all right we're gonna sit for two weeks and like just pound out a bunch of songs um so right now hopefully we're, we're getting a single ready um for the summer and i again I'm, I'm gonna play it by ear and just see what feels right but we have like some really strong songs and um i've been trying to like i've been kind of writing songs with with piano first so it's like very melodic um things that can be stripped down but then we have a lot of production so i feel like I think we're going to have our full length ready and it's going to be a lot of singing, a lot of like a lot of emotions, but I think the production is going to be really fun too for people that are into that stuff that I've done before. Okay. Yeah. Is this your first South by Southwest? I um, asked him this question. Yeah. <laughs> as a solo, no, yeah, as a solo artist, um yeah, I I've, I've been here with like other groups kind of like doing featured stuff. So this is my first time being on stage as like me, especially having these projects released. So if the, I've been here and I've actually like come as just like a fan, a music fan. So it's not like new, but it's going to be it's going to feel new with, the, with doing the, the performances while we're here. And the tour that we're on is like brand new. I've never done a U.S. tour at all. And that's been like really intense. So it's all kind of new right now. So what is your impression of South by Southwest then? Um, I think it's different. Um, the when I came, it was a few years ago. It feels a little different. Uh, I have to get into the weekend to see how it really is. So I, I don't know if I can say quite quite yet. But I will say that even just here, at Empire people seem really like generally upbeat and positive, which is a good feeling when you walk into a venue that people aren't like closed off. So that's good. I, I wanted the mic talker wanted to go rogue, I guess. But I want I just wanted to add something to that, which was interesting. Is that um, I mean it's the first time we've been here as well, mm. and. I mean, we've been to other music festivals, but it's interesting to me how, like, this festival seems, it's almost like a paradox, right? Like, there's such an emphasis on, like, small up-and-coming DIY bands, and the city fosters that culture really well. But at the same time, walking around here, there's just, like, the Dell building and the Bud Light tent and, like, all of this stuff. And, like, there just seems to be, like, this weird dichotomy between, like, super large corporations that... I'm not quite sure if they're just using these bands to their own benefit or if it's like sort of this happy medium between commercialization and DIY, which I haven't figured out yet. And I'm just curious to know if you've... All, well, all brands yeah. have to. They yeah. don't, brands don't... Corporations don't create culture. Artists do. Yeah. So they have to tap into artists because they wouldn't, be, they wouldn't have any culture that they could use to like tweak your nostalgia or, or tweak your emotions, you know? So I feel like there are human beings that work for corporations and those people some may be musicians some may be artists but there's an undercurrent of like corporate money under this festival under this conference like any other thing festival you go to um i do think the cool thing about this as opposed to like bigger fest or other festivals is that like you said there's more of a chance like an artist that i like really love on the internet is maybe never going to come to my town (laughs) so like it's cool to come here and i've like had people when i came before like oh i know you're from 
the internet, like, like as another artist, like, oh, walking down the street, you'll see people that are like, oh, crap, like, I know you. So I think that's really cool about South By. Um, and there's folks even in the green room, like, I didn't know, knew who I was, and that's awesome that we're connected now. So, yeah. Uh, actually, a good example of that is, like, uh, someone I, a band I interviewed a couple days ago mentioned that, like, South By is, like, this gathering of, like, musical tribes. Like, everyone, mm. like, comes together to this one place to meet. Mm. I thought that was an interesting way to put yeah. it that's kind of what you're yeah it's, I think it's more so than, than most because most festivals are like it's very curated and like it constructed and so there's, I think it's kind of limited of who you're going to be able to see I think with South By it kind of feels a little bit more like a free for all which can be frustrating as an artist too but I think if there's an opportunity to see some gems that maybe you wouldn't see at like Pitchfork or Bonnaroo or whatever yeah. so yeah okay I have Do one you? last question sure. that I've decided I'm going to ask everyone because it's just oh, interesting is what fulfills you? Creating, just getting to create anything is f really fulfilling to me. 